Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will continue discussing the depaganization of Matthew chapter 27 and 28. This is the last episode of part one of this four-part series. The next part will be shorter than this one because the book of Mark is the shortest of all the testimonies. In the first note for this episode, I will pick up in chapter 27 at verse 34. Omitting verse 34 is explained in this next note. What has been omitted was, There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with urine, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. The inclusion of this description contradicts Matthew chapter 26, verse 29. It was a curse by insinuating that Jesus was a liar by drinking wine after he told his disciples he would not drink wine again until he was with them in heaven. Not only is the description of wine mixed with urine disgusting, but saying that Jesus tasted it before refusing to drink it becomes a contradiction of his earlier statement. The pagans who editorialized the text to include this incident had the intent to discredit Jesus to have been a false prophet and a liar. The Antichrist has never intended for this text to be an inspiration to the faithful believers of Yahweh, and this passage proves it. Verse 40 proves the point being made about how the demonically possessed and sinners will call Jesus the Son of God. The thief being crucified with Jesus was a non-believer, and he blasphemed God and scoffed at Jesus, who was not the Son of God. It is evidence that further proves sinners and demonic-possessed lunatics are the Antichrist who falsely accused Jesus of being the Son of God. And saying that Jesus was the Son of God is also an insult to both God and Jesus because the people in that time knew the book of Enoch. God punished the fallen angels, the sons of God, the Nephilim, and the people who worshipped them as gods with the great flood during the time of Noah. The fallen angels have been in prison since that time, and their final disposition is pending on Judgment Day, along with the judgment of all mankind. The next note more clearly proves that only the demonically possessed and lunatics called Jesus the Son of God, and that it was an insult to call someone Son of God. It was also a heresy for someone to say that he is the Son of God, and Jesus never said he was the Son of God. Verse 43 says, He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him, for he said, I am the Son of God. It's another example of how Christ was falsely accused of claiming to be the Son of God by sinners and heretics who accepted the responsibility for murdering him. The chief priests were not saying these things to compliment Jesus. They were accusing him of self-exaltation and a confession of being Son of God, which was cause for the Jews to kill him. Noah's family had considered killing him when he was born because he was albino, and they thought that his appearance was evidence that he was the offspring of an angel, because the Elohim were all white and shining spiritual beings when they appeared to them in the time of Enoch. Since the time of Enoch, Jews believed that a human being in the flesh who was son of God was an abomination to God, and they were the cause of the great flood that purged humanity of their kind. There is a correction made in verse 46 that is very important. Eloi the Shining One is the true name of God. And Jesus was quoting from Psalms 22. Verse 46 now says, About the ninth hour Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, why hast thou let me to live, and yet thou hast delayed my salvation from me? The correct scripture replaces the misquote 
that suggested Christ doubted his own faith in God, which is a pagan blasphemy and an insult. The true quote from Psalms 22 proves that he was not lacking in faith. Jesus never doubted his faith in God. But that is what the pagans wanted to insinuate by misquoting the text of Psalm 22. The next note is about verse 50, which says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. According to the book of Enoch, which was rejected by pagans, the souls of men who die are gathered by the archangel Raphael. It is relevantly plausible that the spirit of Jesus was taken by Raphael on the moment of his death because Raphael was going to heal his body and return his spirit to his body in the resurrection. Verses 51 through 53 have been omitted along with verse 54. It was a fraudulent editorialization to say that the temple curtain was torn. There is no relevant Old Testament scripture that supports the telling of this event. And the description of the dead rising and walking among the living is also a fraudulent editorialization. These events were added to the testimony by heretics whose purpose was to insinuate the concept of necromancy and sorcery to the events of Christ's death. The dead did not rise, nor did the temple veil tear. The raising of the dead will be as spirits, and this will only occur on Judgment Day because all souls of humanity remain combined until the Day of Judgment. The matter of Roman soldiers saying Jesus was the Son of God is relevant to prove again that pagans believed he was but it also reveals the true origin of this blasphemy to have been the conspiracy of pagan Romans and heretic Jews who edited the original text to blaspheme God and denigrate the truth of Christ's message to mankind by constantly injecting these fraudulent accusations. The ancient Romans are the origins of the Antichrist theology that became known as Catholicism. Chapter 28 begins with a correction in verse 2, which now says, There was a violent earthquake, for the archangel Raphael came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. It's been corrected. The pagan editors who created this text much later in time than the original author did not know the angel's identity because they rejected the book of Enoch, which identifies the archangel Raphael as having the powers of healing, management of spirits, and resurrection. Many of these instances where Matthew seems to quote scripture are erroneously cited out of context or they are fraudulent additions inserted by pagan heretics at a later time. The heretics who fabricated the lies within these texts did not know the book of Enoch because the text was sacred to the Jews at the time of Christ. Although there are fragments among the Dead Sea Scrolls that validate the content of the Book of Enoch recovered in Assyria by James Bruce in 1773, the entire book has not been found in any other archaeological evidence dating as old as the Qumran's Cave Scrolls. The Book of Enoch was left out of the texts that became the Torah and Talmud after the Second Temple period of revision because the heretics who murdered Jesus wanted to conceal the truth of their blasphemy and crime against God. They did not really believe in repentance or the prophecies of Jesus Christ, and the book of Enoch contradicted the changes they made to the text, which made Moses' laws dominant in their theology, despite the fact that Moses was also a heretic who was educated by pagans in the temple of the Egyptian pharaoh before committing murder and fleeing into the wilderness where he found God. The next note is about verse 15, which says, So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. 
and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. This statement proves that the text of Matthew was edited and modified with this additional information appearing in Latin text written in 150 to 400 years later. The words to this day remain in this correction of the text as evidence against those who perpetrated this crime of fraud in the New Testament. Jews in Matthew's time may have known this story, but Matthew was not alive during the creation of the Christian Apologies or the Toledoth Yeshu, which are the text erroneously referred to by heretics in their own words as an admission to the crime of fraudulent editorialization occurring many years after Matthew initially wrote his testimony, which was the only true eyewitness testimony to the life of Christ that survived in large portions within what became these testimonies in the compilation of an otherwise cursed book. If there has been any doubt that these testimonies are not accurate recreations of the original text, then all the evidences pointed out, including this one, clearly prove that the text is fake to support a pagan theology known as Catholicism. The next note is about verse 18, which says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth will be given to me upon my return. It has been corrected. Jesus is referring to the prophecy of Enoch regarding the path of angels. Gabriel's path is to have authority over heaven and earth by bringing them together for the glory of God on Judgment Day. Jesus will have the power of the Archangel Gabriel upon his second coming in the rapture. The final prophecy of Christ has been editorialized by pagans who did not know the validating prophecy in the book of Enoch. Gabriel incites a final holy war on the planet that will unite the righteous souls of mankind with God's Holy Spirit in heaven for God's glorification. The final judgment of the fallen watchers will end their incarceration in the prison of angels, but they will not go free. Despite the effort of Satan's Melchizedekian curse that perverted Christ's message to all of mankind with a Catholic theology incorporating the pagan mythology of flesh and blood sacrifice, mankind faces judgment the same as the fallen watchers. The accusations of God committing a sin the same as his eternal sons is the insult Satan has put into the minds of pagan heretics to be his revenge for being cast out of heaven and confined in the prison of angels. As long as one person on earth believes that Jesus Christ was not the Son of God because he was the Messiah, a human being, then God is proven innocent of sin as accused by the Melchizedekian curse and scurrilous virgin birth lie. Jesus was not born of a virgin, impregnated by God, because that insinuates God sinned the same as his sons, whom God punished for that crime. All of this information appears in the book of Enoch, but it has been hidden from the knowledge of humanity by the pagans and heretics, who are also the Antichrist, originating in the time of Christ, and existing through the Middle Ages and still existing today. These antichrists exist today as apostolic and Catholic theologians, among many others who proclaim biblical inerrancy in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary. They do not want anyone to know God's eternal truth, which may be found in the book of Enoch. The last note for this episode and the first part of this series is about verse 19, which has been corrected to say, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in repentance of sin and acceptance of the Holy Spirit. Other than this being another evidence of how the United States is in biblical prophecy, 
Removing the blasphemous curse of the fraudulently holy trinity ideology created by heretics is the task of depaganizing the text. The false and pagan ideology of a multiplicity of God and three persons is more fully presented in the testimony of John, and that text has been edited to be more antichrist than any other in the New Testament. The testimony of John in the New Testament is practically a curse in its entirety, and it should be completely removed from the New Testament. However, it will be the task assigned to me by the Holy Spirit to depaganize it as much as possible, because there are small parts of it that are worthy of keeping for the benefit of mankind prior to Judgment Day. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.